Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am really, really excited about this episode. And for those of you guys who have been following along with what we're doing, you know that there's this thing called reels that you can do on Instagram. And a lot of you guys have ask me questions like, why do I have to do reels? I don't know. I don't want to dance. I don't like doing all of the things that people tell me I'm supposed to do. And because of that, I have brought you a very special guest who I personally am going to go ahead and coin her the queen of reels on Instagram. Um, but none other than Hannah Smith, she is known as the property geek on Instagram and she only posts reels like quite literally guys only post reels. So Hannah, Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so excited to have you. And if you could tell my audience just a little bit about you, kind of a little bit about your background, just so they can get to know you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the intro. Um, my name is Hannah Smith, and I'm out in Minnesota, Minneapolis area. Um, and I am one of the co-founders of the team called The Property Geeks. And we, um, yeah, I mean, I just have been selling real estate for eight years. We started the team about six years ago. Um, and I just started my career knowing like social media has to be the thing, you know, of how I get my business. And it has just kind of grown and evolved throughout the years, obviously, just like social media does. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Instagram reels have just basically been a huge part of my marketing for I don't know, I would say the last year and a half, two years when they started getting big. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's already been that long, right? That reels have been a thing. I know. I was like thinking back, I'm like, dang. Yeah. Well, one thing you said that I really, I want to go back to quickly because it was really interesting to me. And, you know, we have agents that we work with that are brand new agents, agents that have been in the industry for 20, 30 years, and then anywhere in between. Right. And one of the things that you said was you've been in business for about eight years and right out of the gate, eight years ago, you said social media, just, you knew that social media had to be a thing and that it had to be part of your marketing. And I want to ask you why, right? Because I know the reason, or I think I know the answer that you would probably say, but I just think I, it, it'll be interesting for everybody else to hear it, especially maybe some of our more seasoned agents or seasoned, seasoned listeners. Um, but yeah. why eight years ago, did you decide social media versus maybe more of the traditional grassroots cold calling door knocking, that type of stuff? Yeah. So, um, two big reasons. So one, I was coming out, I, I had a marketing degree. So I was coming from a place where I was being like, I was like a marketing consultant for realtors in a, in an office. Um, and so I kind of like saw that like no one was using it. Right. But the really, the two biggest reasons were I was young. Um, so there were, I was broke. I had no money to do postcards and all the things that the other agents in my office were doing. And two, I was about to have a baby. So I couldn't waddle my butt up and down streets all day door knocking. I, I guess I could. Um, and there was just some things that I knew I wasn't going to actually be able to do time-wise either, because I think a lot of new agents think their time is worth nothing. So they'll just do all of these things over and over and over, like calling and all, you know, the time consuming things. And then 
that it'll finally somehow magically their time will become more valuable and they'll stop doing those things. Right. Where that never ends up happening. So I was really like, I had no money and I knew I wasn't going to have a whole bunch of time to do like time consuming things. So social media, I was already on, I was already using, I was already, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but I knew kind of, kind of the ins and outs of how it was back then. Mostly, honestly, Snapchat was like my go-to originally. Um, and that was, that was it. And I was like, I, it has to work. It's free. I'm already on it. All my friends are here. Like, there we go. Like, let's, let's go for it. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how well, it started. It's, it's wild to me that you brought that up because I feel like so many people, two things, time is not free. Right. And I love, absolutely love the way you said that. I actually like need to take notes on this, but I can use it in our show notes for everybody to listen to this part, but time uh, agents get into marketing their business or creating their sphere, if you will, um, by doing a lot of things for free, right? They just go out and they're just pounding pavement and they're like trying to go all these to these networking events and they're trying to go, you know, door to door on the door knocking vibe, or they're cold calling this list of like a hundred names. And then you have the, the other end of the spectrum, right? Where people are spending a ton of money on ads or lead gen to get out of the gate. Well, what you just said is you didn't have time for either one of those, Uh, So you knew, you knew that there had to be a better way, but in my opinion, and I might be a little bit biased, but in my opinion, it was brilliant because you Mm -hmm. actually could create a platform for yourself to tap into your sphere at scale. And I, I said this on, on a previous episode that if I actually had to get on an airplane and go meet with a hundred of the most influential people in my career, and I only got to see one of them per week, that would take me almost two years to go do right. To actually physically go see all of those people. But what social media and what Instagram has given us is we can do all of that in one day or two days. So personally, I think that the way you went about it for many, many reasons is brilliant, but obviously, you know, speaking to your younger, our younger generation that social media is easy, right? It doesn't have to be this like really hard thing. So Talk to me just a little bit about like when you were kind of in that space, when you're like, I don't, I don't have the money to do all these ads. And I also don't have the time or the energy for that matter. I have recently had a baby, so I totally feel you on not wanting to waddle all over the place, but, um, how, how did you kind of make your space known, if you will, in the social media space? Like, what did you do there during that time to leverage it? You know, I just kind of talked about real estate and I, I just, and I guess it wasn't even really that it was just showing my day-to-day stuff. And it was, I know like you're offline quickly talking about like connecting people's brains with, you know, my name with real estate. And that was like the goal of like, okay, well, if I just start with my social media and start with like talking about how I got my real estate license and you know, that blah, 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 like that's going to start to kind of click in people's brains that like Hannah's in real estate, you know? And so on like my Snapchat, like I would just every day, Snapchat, the things I was doing, you know, and it could be, I was previewing a property or maybe I was working on a purchase agreement or I was practicing a purchase agreement or whatever it was. Like I was just really documenting my day, I guess, um, less of just food I was eating, more of activities I was doing. Cause everyone's already got like most people in our generation are documenting their day, right? Like you're already doing that. Some people are just taking pictures of their food or pictures of random things, but they're doing it. It's just a matter of like swinging that into like your actual day-to-day work. Because I think sometimes real estate agents don't realize that people are very fascinated with our job. 
and they want to know what we do all day. <laughs> like they want to know the activities that we do and all that stuff. And so we have a very like easy way because our industry is fascinating to other people. So the most basic thing that we might be doing, if you just document it, people are like, oh, look at that. She's doing real estate stuff. Right. And like, that was really how I started with all was I was on Snapchat. It was before like anyone really had stories, you know, like Facebook and Instagram didn't have the day-to-day story stuff. Yep. So Snapchat is where I really got that day-to-day thing. And that's also where I grew a lot of my confidence for just, you know, awkwardly just talking to my phone <laughs> um, <laughs> with my face. And that's really where the confidence started too. So um, that's really where it began was just documenting the things that I was doing or trying to do and um, in the real estate side of things. Well, you said something really interesting too. And I had a client just the other day. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what your answer is to this. But what she asked me was, she said, you know, I feel like I'm really good at documenting like the personal side of my life and stories. I'm on there all the time. And I gotta, I gotta admit, she's crushing that aspect of it. And she asked me, she goes, but do you think that I'm kind of missing the boat on talking about real estate in my stories? And what you just said, I feel like is really intriguing because I think a lot of agents think that what they do, like nobody cares about. And so it's kind of this miscon or kind of misconstrued, like nobody wants to see all of the, you know, papers in my front seat for all of the different properties I'm about to go show. But in reality, there's a lot of that stuff that I think people do care about. And what you said was that the industry is fascinating. And I got to tell you when I, before I got into working with agents uh, many, many years ago, I remember thinking like, man, they get paid a lot to do nothing. And what, right. what you just said is that that's so far from true so I guess maybe speak into that. So if you, if there's somebody listening, who's like, you know, I'm really good at documenting my personal stuff, but why, why would anybody care about the real estate side? What would you say? You know, it's not about, you don't have to be spammy and be like all real estate, real estate, real estate. But for me, like, it's more so of just like mentioning things as you're going, right? Like as simple as getting in your showings, like, oh, I'm just getting done with an appointment with a client then talk about your personal stuff, whatever that is, right? If you were talking, if you want to tell a story about what your, your kiddo did, like just having like sneaky almost ways of like, oh, so I just got done with a showing, but you know, I just got home with my kid, whatever it is. And like, that was really where it was. It wasn't just like, you have to just like throw up real estate all over the place and have no personality to it or no personal story to it at all. It's really just like, just sharing really what's going on, you know, like you, if you're on your way to a showing or a, a meeting with a client can say that, you know, or I used to tell like funny stories. Um, it was like when Snapchat was like the filter, like the really funny filters, not like the pretty filters, you know, and I would like use different filters for different characters in my stories. And it would be like an embarrassing story of like what I did at a showing or, you know, stuff like that, that made it more entertaining than it did like necessarily me like talking about the market update or, you know, whatever everyone wants to throw value out, which is great. But sometimes it's just a matter of like opening that door to them of saying like, this is my life and real estate is a huge part of my life, you know? For sure. it should be if you want to make money, you know, like the, that's how it For is. Sure. So that's why I would do is even if I'm not even going to speak about real estate, it's just like, Hey, I just got done with this or I'm on my way to this or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's easy. Um, I think we call that subliminal marketing and marketing world language Uh, for those, you know, those of you guys who are listening, who have the same background as Hannah and I, you guys know what subliminal marketing means, but 
Um, it's also in a lot of like movies. I mean, all the commercials, like that's all, that's all it is, is subliminal marketing. It's a way of saying, Hey, this is what we want you to go buy without saying, go buy it. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that you just brought up another great point, which is that I think people are either on one end of the spectrum where it's so personal that it's like, what's on my salad. And then it's on the flip side of it's so businessy and it's so real estatey that it's really dry. And I think one of the things that you said that I want to reiterate is if you go and do something, just say, I just went and did something, but now I am doing X, Y, or Z thing. Right. Um, I have to go pick up my kid in from daycare. And so I'm sitting in this line waiting, but guess what? Afterwards, I get to go show a couple properties in Leesville. I get to go, I'm going to go pick up a protein shake for my favorite nutrition shop. Like, and just telling the story of it. Um, but kind of subliminally dropping those little like hints of, Hey guys, I actually sell real estate. So if you need me, I'm, I'm here. Right. Um, and uh, on the story side, this is one thing I have a client who she does something called Carla in the car. So like every time she leaves an appointment, every time she is getting ready to go, she just gets on her phone and she just says, all right, guys, I'm here with Carla in the car. I just left an appointment and this was what happened. But you know what? It's raining in Arizona and it's a great day. Like she just makes it funny and makes it entertaining. So Mm -hmm. I just think that you, it's again, it's brilliant. I'm just going to use that word, but brilliant is the word of this episode. (laughs) Um, so I know Snapchat was huge for, for both of us. I mean, definitely, um, when we first got started, but now for you specifically, Snapchat was a huge part of how you built kind of that presence where you tapped into your sphere at what point did that transition to Instagram kind of more solely? And are, I'm assuming you're, you're not really doing Snapchat as much, um, really, or at all at this point, but, um, talk about the transition and kind of when and, and how that happened. Yeah. Um, I would say I was smart enough to know that you follow what they're pushing. If Instagram comes out with a new feature, like a story or now reels, you have to use it. You know, like that, that's the, that's their way of like, that's what they want to push. Right. Or when Facebook live came out, when Facebook live came out, God, did I not want to do that? And I still to this day cringe. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not a live girl. I'd sometimes I let certain words slip that shouldn't slip. And like, I was just like, so paranoid about it. And I remember Karin and I, we were uh, one of our team owners and Karin and I were going to do a Facebook live. And I remember being so nerve wracked and I still, and I still cringe and I think about those videos, but the only reason why we were doing it is because Facebook was pushing it. And we knew we could get in front of more people and get more reach because that's what they were pushing out in front of people. So if we did it, then we would. And so that's always been, that's why Instagram reels, because Instagram reels is the number one thing that Instagram wants you to do or wants to push out in front of people. So if you're not following that, you know what I mean? You're just, you're missing the boat. Um, and unfortunately, like who runs Instagram, Instagram runs Instagram. What's their point. They want to have people on their, you know, on their app. They want to have as many people for as long as possible on their app versus another app. So what's going to keep them on there? Well, they're pushing reels. So if you don't use reels, they're not going to push you out there, you know, and it's just that entire game. So when I started seeing things like stories come up on Facebook and Instagram, I was like, Oh, all right, that's what we're doing now. You know, like that you just kind of have to know that 
I think some of the hardest parts about social media versus another lead gen source is a lead gen is a lead gen, right? If you cold call, you basically have some scripts. Maybe they give you some like little nuggets here and there that might change your script for every couple of years or so. But basically cold calling is cold calling. The thing with social media is you could be killing it with social media or really comfortable with how you're doing it now. And guess what? Tomorrow an update comes out and something they're pushing something completely different and you've got to evolve and you've got to switch that. Um, or you're going to keep missing that, you know, and you're going to be completely just one step back all the time. So that's why when I saw that all these things were kind of coming into play, I was like, all right, cool. I still actually use Snapchat. Definitely not as much. Um, I still have old clients that originally I got from Snapchat that still follow me on Snapchat that still talk to me on Snapchat and I've gotten repeat clients from it, but it's definitely not where I'm putting, you know, a whole bunch of effort in marketing anymore. Yeah. Well, I, again, I just love the kind of journey that you've been on, I think is a fun way of of explaining that because the reality is that I think a lot of people think social media is, especially again, the older, the older generation, maybe the uh, more seasoned agents, they don't understand they're, they're not willing to buy into it. Right. Because they're like, I've been doing so well. I'm a referral agent. Like I have so many people that reach out to me all the time. Like, why do I need to spend my time worrying about that? And uh, just yesterday, I talked to somebody who said that exact thing. They're like, honestly, social media has been so far in the back of my mind, just because I'm a referral agent, 100% of my business is from referrals. And I thought to myself, but is it really right? And how, if you're a referral agent, that's wonderful. But like the people who are being referred to you, do you think that they're not also looking you up? Right. Do you think Mm -hmm. that they're not taking the time to go do their own research to make sure that the person who referred you to, or the person who referred you to that agent is legit in, in doing that or creating that reference. Um, and a great example is the person who connected to me to you, Hannah, right? Like I went and I followed you on Instagram and I stayed connected with you for a while and started kind of going down that wormhole of the Hannah land. And then finally was like, okay, I think it's time for me to make that connection. Um, so I just don't think that a lot of people are thinking of the referral space properly because you have to understand and, or even think in your mind, like I got the referral, but where did the referral initiate from or where did it come from? It probably came from somebody who either saw you on social or saw you on Facebook or as a friend of a friend that saw you on Facebook. So you really don't know truly, are you 100% of a referral agent without actually going down the wormhole and kind of researching that? So I just think to your point, being able to pivot and being aware of this isn't something that I can just kind of shove off. And if it, if I get to it, I get to it. I just think is mm-hmm. awesome. And my next question for you is on the like content side, because Snapchat is a little bit different as we know. Um, it's one of those like very fast instantaneous things. Um, and it goes away right away. Stories on Instagram. We now know stay for 24 hours. It's been that way for a long time. We have highlights that allow us to save them if we want to keep them. Um, but when it came to your mentality on the type of content you were producing, did it change when you went from Snapchat to Instagram, knowing that that content could stay there for a lot longer? Yeah, for sure. I think it was, um, and you know, I was, I was personally on Instagram, um, you know, as like, you know, just kind of like my personal self, uh, before, you know, well before any of that. And so like, I knew that like, you know, 
it was basically just static photos, um, you know, with Instagram and the terrible filters they used to give us, um, for those photos, but you know, we all recognize them as soon as we see them. So they did its job, but I definitely think that it was more so I had to be aware that, um, I had to be more consistent on there than if I was on Snapchat for one day, no one was going to notice. But if I wasn't consistently posting something, then you're not, you know, then you might see a like, for me, like it drives me nuts when you might see a photo from like six months ago and has no relevance to now, like, no, I want to make sure that it's relevant. You know what I mean? So I think that was it as staying relevant on like actual posting stuff um, and things that are more, like you said, permanent than anything else. Uh, and that was where uh, that in, I don't know if it was a, uh, you know, a class I took, or, you know, I started going to conferences a lot and things like that. And I kind of had that, okay, I can't just talk about my life with real estate all the time. Like I do have to bring value, you know, and I do have to bring something that shows like my evidence of success because let's get real when you're brand new, you don't feel like you got anything right. You're, you don't, you know, as much as the next person, you might even know less if you've never actually bought a house yourself, (laughs) you know what I mean? Which I had never bought a house myself when I started in real estate. And so for me, like when I first started, it was just talking about my real estate life. And then as I got you know, I started getting on my feet. I started learning things. Like I just started sharing basically the things that I was learning as a way to like, then bring actual value to the conversation or to the post versus just a, Hey, look what I'm doing. Hey, look what I'm doing. Hey, look what I'm doing. Um, and that's where that, I think that started to kind of pivot for sure. Yeah. I I just think you've done a, a really good job at staying up to date with not even so much the trends, but more the psych, like the psyche really, if you will, of marketing. Um, because I think that's, that's a huge part of it, right. Is the people I believe who succeed in our industry, not just even on the selling real estate side, but on the, on the staying relevant side are the ones who are having these conversations of, and kind of foreshadowing, if you will, what might be coming. And, uh, I was at a conference last week. And one of the things that they were talking about is, you know, crypto being kind of the way of, getting and being able to purchase homes in the near future with crypto, hopefully coming back after taking a big dump. Um, and it was really interesting because that's been happening for a couple of years where maybe not a couple of years, maybe a year, two years, um, where people can buy homes with crypto, but I still, to this day have yet to see a real estate agent or a loan officer who is on Instagram, truly talking about those kinds of things, right. Creating value around that type of thing. And so to, like just give you kudos, right? Like you've been able to figure out a way to have conversations about relative topics, but also foreshadow what's coming. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not telling anybody that they need to go post about crypto right now. Um, if you don't know anything about crypto, um, go do your research, you know, before you start rambling in videos, but, um, it's still, it's just, it's just fun to, to see another like-minded person who's really worked hard to create, the forecasting of where we need to go. Um, and with that being said, I mean, you know, the whole premise of all of this is I really want you to be able to talk about reels and kind of what there's, there's two parts to it, right? The content side, how do I create reels? And then on the other side, there's the kind of the men, the mental side or the, well, I don't like being in front of a camera or I don't know what to say, or I don't want to dance or I don't want to do any of those things. Um, so I want to lean into all kind of all three of those parts with you. But as far as your content on Instagram, anybody that follows you, which guys, I will put her Instagram handle in the show notes. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, wherever, just know that her handle will be in there. Um, and she'll share it with you guys at the end as well. But, um, if you go to her Instagram, it is, 
reels. It is reels, 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 all reels. And there was actually an update that was just released um, not even 24 hours ago that said that any video that's going to be posted on Instagram moving forward is automatically going to be posted in the form of a reel, which I mean, hello to Hannah's point, do what Instagram is telling you to do, uh, which is make reels. Um, but why reels? And I think we'll start there and then we'll kind of go into the content side. Um, you know, I think I, I really started with the reels when, um, you know, you know, TikTok got really big, especially during like COVID, right. During the quarantine and this short form video, although it was already out there with the stories and with, you know, other things, short form video really got its kind of big break. And it's kind of like spotlight because I think everyone started realizing how short their time, you know, their, their patience level is. Um, and these short form were like, remember Vine, even Vine, oh my gosh, yeah. like Vine was like short form wow. funny videos. Right. And it kind of, it really got people and you can just, you know, if you just step back sometimes and like, even just like listening to what your friends talk about, you know, you go out to happy hour and like how many times does someone bring up a funny TikTok or a funny reel or a funny video they saw, you know, and like back in the day, it was like, we we're looking up YouTube and watching like Justin Bieber sing with Usher or something, you know, and like spending 20 minutes watching this video. Now you're looking for this short, quick things. And so back then I would have said, do, do long video, you know, do something on, on that. Not that that's not important anyways, anymore, but like most people are, regardless of industry are all interested in the short form, you know, cause it's so easy. It's so entertaining and it's so quick and you can do it at any moment of your day. And I saw that happening. Like I saw the TikTok, and I, you know, I remember like the vines and all these things. And I thought, dang, like short term or short form video is like killing it right now, you know? And like, how do I get into that space? And, you know, during quarantine, it was very busy, you know? So I was like trying to like keep up with this whole TikTok thing at the same time I was like doing business. And so I never really got into that side of it, of the TikTok. And then I saw all of a sudden Instagram comes out with like, what was it? 30 seconds. The first time, like, mm-hmm. like it'll do a 30 second yep. short form. And I thought, huh, that looks like a lot like a TikTok, you know? And I thought that's mm-hmm. interesting that they're doing. Yeah. And just like how Snapchat used to be stories, and then all of a sudden Instagram slash Facebook had stories, right? So I was just kind of, it's just kind of a little sitting back and thinking, oh, okay, I see you. I see you. Like, this is what's happening. And I thought, all right, so Instagram's going to push these, you know, and this is, and then realizing like, oh my gosh, duh, they're rivals, right? TikTok doesn't want anyone on Instagram. Instagram doesn't want anyone on TikTok. So of course they're going to try to be the one that people go to. Um, and that's where really I started going like, all right, how can I do these like silly little reels? you know, and, um, believe me, the first couple I did were like, what is she doing? But mm-hmm. again, keep going. And we just keep going farther and farther down there. Yeah. <laughs> and you just forget about it. Don't delete, don't delete, just let them go. And, um, and then they started getting more elaborate and things like that or things you could do with it at least. Um, and I, I just realized like, okay, this is here to stay at least for the time being, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really when I started I would say I really started doing reels more consistently, like January, 2021. Yep. And I had about a thousand followers at that point. And what do you have now? Uh, I had actually, I had, uh, like 21,000. So guys, that, that right there, I'm going to, I'm using Hannah here as an, a great example of the conversation we have all the time, which is that it's not about how many followers you have. It's about the conversations that you're having with the people who are following you. But what you are also seeing is, that the conversations that Hannah has had, right. And I know I'm speaking in, in as if she's not sitting here with me, but, um, the conversation she's having 
with people based off of the real content she's been producing consistently has created all of those new relationships and the people that are now following her are following her for those things. Um, so I think that that leads me to the point of, you know, are you creating content for yourself or are you creating content for the person that actually is trying to consume it? And that goes to the point of it's who cares what we look like. Like, I mean, there's plenty of reels that I've put out where I post it and I immediately cringe and I'm just like, that that is so bad. Um, or my husband will make fun of me and he's like, did you really post that? I'm like, yes, babe, I did. You know, it's, it's just, is what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. and you also said something else. And I want to talk about the evolution of that very first reel you posted about and the reels you post now, because you said something about how you can make them more elaborate. And so I would love it if two things, can you talk to the, I've never done a real person and how would you tell them to start? And then maybe the, this person's done reels, like the secondary person's done reels before. Um, they don't seem to be getting a lot of traction from it, but they want to keep going. What would you tell both of those people? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, when it comes to someone that's never done a reel or hasn't put their mind to it yet, um, one of the big things that I always suggest to our agents on our team is that, you know, um, first and foremost, I know you talked about making content for yourself versus someone else. And I think a good, good focus is you, regardless of reels or posts or anything, your content should always be directed to your ideal client. Right. And I know it's a very basic marketing you know, lesson to be learned. Um, You're not making it for yourself. Like you said, you're not making it to make yourself feel better or feel good about yourself. You're doing it to attract the right client. Um, Follower count doesn't really mean anything if you aren't getting the the right followers, you know what I mean? Um, And so for me was just like, all right, so going back to, I've clicked people's brains of like, all right, Hannah's a real estate agent, right? Awesome. But then like, who do I want to contact me? You know, who am I trying to work with here? And what kind of content do they want? Because if I give them the content they want, they're going to come and they're going to watch it and they're going to stay, you know? And I think that was the part of it where when I tell my agents, like, I don't have any ideas. I'm not creative. I'm not creative. I'm not creative. I never think of anything. It's constant, right? I constantly get that from agents all over that are asking for help on reels. And the idea is like, okay, so everyone has certain creativities, right? And everybody has their their ideal client, or at least an idea of an ideal client or who they would want to work with. Start writing down a list of things that would connect with your, with your ideal client, right? Like if you are going for first time home buyers, maybe it's really good that you want to talk about getting pre-approved or, you know, like the very basics of process. If you're a luxury agent, okay, well, you're going to be like, it's going to be very crucial to have a very visually appealing, you know, type of content. And having like the different ways that you can connect to those people. And they don't always have to be as direct as that, right? It can be a very, like, if like I work with a lot of single moms naturally, because I was posting about how I'm a single mom and I have a lot of people that reach out and be like, Hey, I'm a single mom. And I saw that you, you know, blah, 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 you're in real estate and you buy your own house. And I would love if you could help me buy my first house. Right. That was because I was posting about single mom problems, right? Like you know, like that's how it is. So if you use like, if, and when you're thinking about it, or when you're even, you can even look at your, you know, your current clients and think, what do I have in similarity with them? Or what, what makes them, you know, them, like what, what kind of buyer are they? Or what kind of seller are they? And then you just like, I use my notes section in my phone and I just write down certain topics 
and ideas or misconceptions that client might have. You know, if I get the same question from three different clients in a two-week span, I write that on my list. Clearly, this needs to be discussed or clearly this needs to be talked about. And that's where I usually get like, you know, some ideas flowing is just by writing. It's not about being like the most creative person in the room. It's about knowing what you want to make for content. So if you have a running list so that when the day it comes that you're not creative and you're, you know, I always say like when you're looking cute and you're like, I, I would be on video today, like, dang, look at me today. Like, I look good, but I have no creative juices. Like, good, because you have a whole list in your phone of items and topics that you want to potentially talk about. Now you just got to get that thing on video, you know? And so I think that's part of it is like the creativity of the lack thereof that people think they have. Um, it's just, you know, being aware of the type of content and making, making an actual list of it. Like, don't just, don't expect yourself to remember in the moment. You know, I, I always say like, thanks to past me, because I always like try to help future me. Cause I know future me is not going to remember everything. She's not a superhero. You know what I mean? So like, how can I give, you know, me a solid, to remember this kind of stuff. Well, don't expect yourself to remember it, write it down, like make it a list, make it a thing that you can access so that when you're ready to, you're golden, you know? And when you're making the content, I think it's just, I always tell people like, you know, the three E's like, is it entertaining? Is it emotional? Is it educational? Like if you hit one of those, great. If you hit two, bingo, right? Cause that's, that's how you get people's attention. And so if you have an idea and you start with the topic, you know, for me, like I do a lot of trends, right? I do a lot of the trending audios and things like that. And that I have no problem with that because when I'm watching trends or, you know, we're all laying in bed watching these things and scrolling through them. If I see one that's trending, I save it. And then in the moment, I usually for now, for me, it's pretty natural. But when before I would compare my list to these trends and I think, is there anything that I could like relate this trend to one of these topics or one of these ideas that I know my ideal client's going to want to hear about? or that I want to get out to my ideal client. And that's how I like would come up with these ideas for a short form video, you know? And then I would just commit to making it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I got to tell it. you the, the whole single mom thing. I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to be married to an, an amazing human, but uh, I will tell you that I'm home all day, every day alone, right. When my husband's gone at work and and I'm running a company and trying to be a super mom at the same time, which like, what even is that? But I'm trying. Um, so it's crazy to me too, that a a lot of people don't like talking about certain things like that. Right. I've, I've met plenty of people who are like, well, do, should I even be saying that I'm pregnant? Cause like, are my clients not going to want to talk to me if they know that I'm like going to be having a baby and not be available to them. And I was like, what? No, absolutely not. Like you need to share that stuff. One of my closest Mm -hmm. friends, she started off as a client, turned into a really close friend. She's now somebody who my son's birthday is next month. She's literally helped me with the balloons, the cake, like all of it. She's just turned into an amazing friend. We connected on Instagram via stories because I posted the difference. Like I literally posted the two books, taking care of babies and baby wise. And she commented on it. And we talked about baby wise for, I kid you not like three months straight until I had my son. And she kept checking in with me about baby wise until she finally was like, Oh, by the way, I need help with Instagram. Right. So the point that you said, like where you were talking about single mom status, right. I I just think it doesn't have to be that it could be somebody's really into cars. Like if you're really into cars, share that, you know, if you're a coffee, I call myself a coffee whore, whether that has a bad connotation or not up to you to decide, but I love coffee art, like really cute, local eclectic coffee shops that just have killer coffee art when they hand you your latte. Um, so I have an entire highlight about it because everybody knows that I love coffee art. 
And so I, I really would just encourage anybody like find your thing, you know, um, and then be able yeah, to leverage. Yeah, exactly. Um, you said that perfectly relatable relatability, I think is undervalued because people want to kind of suppress who they are because they feel like they have to be a certain thing. Um, and I say, screw that certain thing, be who you want to be and be who your people need you to be. And I would, I would take a gander, uh, Hannah, that your clients are really fun and quirky and entertaining to be with. They love a lot of how you are, um, because they're similar, right? So I just think it, it kind of speaks to, speaks to that. Now I have a question for you personally. Um, so whenever I make reels, I make reels all the time, but I just feel like I am slow which is funny considering like I own a huge, very large Instagram course and serve clients all across the country. But like when it comes to making reels, I'm not afraid of them in any way. I love doing them. I love the value of them, but I just feel like the process of executing them is my weak point. Right. And so that's why I always, I'm the first person to tell you batch that shit, like change your outfit three or four times and just spend a day doing them. Um, because for me, I'm just slow. So I don't know what, what your take is on that or what, what advice you might have for all of us who feel like it takes forever to record one, but I'm curious. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I wouldn't say against, but I don't batch. Um, I, everything is done for me. I, I like to use micro moments in my day. Um, so when, you know, like I said, I have this list of ideas, I have a couple trends in my head and, and when I have like a 15, 20 minute moment, you know, between a phone call or between whatever, um, I know I can make the real. And I think part of that is the idea that whatever time you allow yourself to make it is the time it's going to take, right? Like it, that, that is true. I mean, there are certain things like I am a procrastinator to the fullest for my own personal life, you know, like clients, all that, I got that on lock, you know, and then you look and like, I still haven't packed for my trip you know, like that kind of thing. Like, and so it's for me, like if I give myself a half hour to pack, I'm going to pack in a half hour. If I give myself three days to pack, it's going to take me three days to pack. And it's the same thing with reels and things like that. Are there some things to learn? And you know, when you're first starting to make them sure, of course, but once you get good at it, you kind of just have to know your process. You have to know, all right, if I'm going to use a specific audio, I'm going to grab that audio. I'm going to plug it in. I'm going to get it set up. I have a tripod, for instance, I'm going to put it on my tripod like, here we go. Like, we're going to do it. Cause I've already kind of been thinking about it, I guess, you know, like with my idea and with my, my kind of list, um, that it truly is like, if you give yourself too much time or give yourself an allowance of like just a little too much, it's not going to happen, you know, but like, I know that reels and, and video, like I have to do that to keep my business running because I know how much my business has thrived from it, you know? And so I make the times that I can happen. And those are usually about 15 to 20 minutes at a time. I mean, some reels have taken me under five minutes, you know, like legitimately. And awesome. for, I know that some people struggle with like the lip syncing thing or like, you know, like getting the timing, like the actual timing of things on, um, that takes practice. I'll tell you what, like, but for me, like if I have a trending audio, most likely I've probably heard it a hundred times already because other people are using it and that's why it's trending. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's almost like getting a song stuck in your head. You know what I mean? Like we all know like in the nineties, we would like even hit like, just like the little octave changes Mariah Carey would be hitting, you know, and we would have that down to a T. Well, it's the same thing. Like if you're lip syncing, you're doing the same thing. And so for me, like I would just, 
it, it takes practice. It does, but you know, you just got to have this certain process that you do and then you just get good at it and you think to yourself, okay, I have 15 minutes to make this like, let's go. And maybe it's just that recording. Maybe you're going to post it later and you're going to take a little bit more time for like your caption or whatever, if that's, if that makes you more comfortable, but the actual filming part is the part that everybody like, Oh, it took me too many takes. I'm over it. Like, no, just take the freaking take and go, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're just thinking too hard. A lot of times people are just thinking too hard. And so, um, I would say, you know, allow yourself only so much time and get it done because it shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that takes your entire day. You know what I mean? It, it the whole point of social media is it's easy and it's free and you just have to do it. I love that. Um, we came full circle yeah. to that because it is free and it is this amazing platform to just put it out there. Right. Um, and I, I will say to your point, cause there were a couple, a couple of reels recently that I made where I had to take, I had to do the takes like multiple times because I was trying to time it with something and the take that I actually ended up using. I remember very like vividly in the middle of this process was the one that I hated the background behind me the most. Um, so like I had changed the things in my, per, like in my background of my video, like I'd moved things around in my living room and I was like trying to make it look better. Um, and every, the more I put emphasis on what was going on behind me, the less I liked the actual reel itself, because I was so hyper-focused on all the other things other than what I was actually trying to create in this reel and, and the information I was trying to convey. Um, so mm-hmm. I just said, okay, well, whatever, I'm not even going to care because my house is currently under renovation, but in the, in the reel, you could see all of the paper on the floor behind me, like going down the hall. And it just turned out to be the best take. And I just said, you know what? anybody wants to give me some crap about the fact that you can see the paper on my floor behind me moving on, you know? So I love that. Yeah. Like, I just love that. The thought process. I think there's just some basics. Yeah. And I think there's just some basics that you have to follow and you don't have to have all the bells and whistles, you know, when people say like, I know you mentioned earlier, like when they got more, um, just kind of more intense with the different items that you could do or the things that you can add. And I think like, you know, if you really go down to, the basics of any type of video content, you know, audio and visual are the top, you know, if your audio is bad, people are going away, you know? So if you're making a reel with your, like your, your own, your original audio, right? Like you speaking or whatever. Um, if it's not crisp and clear, like it doesn't matter that your background was perfect and beautiful, you know, people are already done. And, or if your background music is way too high over your voice, like people aren't going to listen, people aren't going to connect. And like, I know that like a lot of YouTubers, you know, like audio is a really, really big thing um, when it comes to their videos. And I think that's true with Instagram, you know, luckily with audio, with the trends, you know, it is the audio. So you don't have to worry about that. So that's easy, right? That check it off the box. And then you talk visual. And I always tell our agents, like, natural light or ring light always, right? If you have a dark and shadowy video and it could be the funniest freaking thing of all time, but you are going to lose people's attention in a half a second. If it's all blurry or grainy, or you have a weird filter on it, that's too much. Like no one's going to care. You know, you're going to get swiped by like no offense, but it's the, it's the human, you know, patience level. And so having good audio, you know, crisp and clear audio and or trending, and then having a good visual, I think are the top two things, um, you know, and a lot of visual is your face, you know, not having a static photo, but your face. Um, and then past that, like text, any type of text, if you know how to add text to your Instagram story, you know how to add text to your reel, yep. having text on there, your brain is going to automatically, you know, your, our brains want to read stuff. Like we, 
we were trained to read, right? Like, so if, if there's, there's text on a video, guess what? Our brains automatically go to it. Um, so that's like another huge one. As far as like all these other filters and these things, like you just go as you go, right? Like start making them. Like I said, my first ones were terrible. And then you just start like, oh, well, okay. I, now I need to fill it. Like these filters are kind of cool. You know, like, let me see what these kind of filters are and just start playing around with them. Um, a lot of times, like I've made reels just for the fun of it, just to kind of like mess around with some of the stuff. Or if I see someone that does a cool effect in their reel, I Google it. I YouTube it. Like it's all out there. It's all out there for you to any type of thing that you want to do in a reel that you don't know how to do. Don't make your excuse of not doing it because you don't know how to do it. We literally have YouTube. Like th there's everything on there. So there's plenty of times where I'm like, oh, how did she do that? Like transition or like whatever. And I just like typed in like moving head transition or like, you know, whatever it was. And boom, five minutes had my answer. Got to do it myself. Yeah. I, I also, um, I've been following Jasmine star probably since I started in the Instagram space over eight years ago. Um, cause I started an Instagram in the 2013 year and then started my company in 2014, but I've been following Jasmine star since back in the day. Um, and she <laughs> posts a ton of transition tutorials. Um, it's just, they're super easy to follow. One of my favorite ones is like the phone out in front of you. And then you go to your ear. And then the second one, you start on this side and come back and it looks like your head's spinning. And I, I remember thinking transitions, man, those are so complicated or like the jumping up and down one where like every time you jump your outfit changes. And then I actually did it. And I just got over that tech fear, right. That we create or kind of implant in our brain. And I'm like, wow, that was really easy and also really fun. Can we do it again? Um, you know, so it became this, and the, the final point before we, we wrap up is what I, I think something that we can both totally agree on, which is that anything that's worth doing is worth doing wrong first. And it's probably hard in the beginning, right? It's going to feel hard. Um, just like anything that you're kind of trying to get over that hurdle of like, I've never done this before. I, I, I hate tech or I don't like video or whatever your billion things are that is going on in your brain. But once you start doing it and you do it enough times, the things that you do wrong, it becomes less and less of a thing, right? Or if you do do something wrong, you notice it less and less and less because you just don't, you realize that what you think you did wrong really doesn't matter to anybody. Um, and so it kind mm -hmm. of fades to the background. And so I would just encourage anybody just freaking do it. Um, and know that they'll probably suck. Hannah just told you that I can definitely tell you that mine sucked back in the day too. Some of them, I still feel like they suck, but I still do it anyway. Um, so mm -hmm. Hannah, I, I, I love your Instagram and both your personal one and the property geeks one. I just, I've been following them for a, a while now and I just love all of it. And I will tell every single one of you that one of the things I love about Hannah's reels is that she's not using these crazy, amazing, like overly edited captions and all of these super fancy apps to do it. Like she's just using the text that reels gives you right in the tech or right in the reels app. And that's all I've ever done too. Um, I think we have, we play that comparison game where we see a lot of these people that are putting reels out that are just, they have these beautiful colored captioning and, or it like bounces over around the screen and it just becomes another reason why we don't do them <laughs> in my opinion. Um, so I just love all of the way you do it and how organic and just authentic it is. Um, so I would love it if you tell us how we can get connected to you. Where can we find you? Um, I kind of gave it away a little bit, but I do want you to, to give us your handle so we can go get connected with you. And then also what do you have coming up that we can tap into? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So my Instagram handle is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H underscore the property geek. Um, and, uh, you can definitely connect with me there. I, people ask me this all the time. If I have someone that's managing my social media and that is not, not a thing. So if you DM me, it'll be me talking to you. Um, so definitely there's an easy way to connect with me. Um, as far as things coming up, I actually have something next week. I'm going to, I'm headed to Florida. Um, we are, I'm speaking at, um, a women's conference. So it's a group of women called the girls with Brit and we, um, collaborate with each other through our brokerage and, um, it's going to be super, super fun. So there are speakers there that are way above me and things. So I'm really excited to actually hear other speakers talk (laughs) at that, but I'll be there. And then, you know, we've always got events and things going on locally here in Minnesota as well. Um, but I always have them on social media and Instagram and all that. So if you follow me, you'll be connected and totally kind of tuned into everything for sure. I love it. Well, again, thank you just so much for just being you and being so, uh, authentic. It's such a breath of fresh air. And I know that uh, my audience is going to love this. And I will tell any of you guys, if you're listening and reels is something that it just feels hard and feels like you just need someone to tell you that you can do it. Uh, DM Hannah, cause she will certainly tell you to, to rip the bandaid off and, and just get it done. So Hannah, thank you again for being on this episode of the coffee and questions podcast. And for everyone listening, if you like what you heard, please comment or leave us a review and subscribe to what we do. We drop an episode every Friday and we can't wait to see you in the next one. Thanks guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.